Hello, I'm Jen and welcome to the Native Jen Podcast. How are you? Hello, Ralph. This is Jen with the Native Jen Podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for asking me to be on your podcast. I was really excited when you did because uh, I love the fact that there's so many new native voices out there. And when I saw yours, I immediately started listening to you. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I really, really do. It's really nice to hear from people you know, across the pond or um, just anywhere any native person telling me that they're listening just because it really validates the fact that you know when we do these podcasts it's you know it, it's getting the message out there and you know people are listening so thank you for that yeah definitely definitely and it's it's really exciting to hear different native voices out there and each podcast is different and it seems like i learned something from each podcast that feature Native people or are done by Native people? It is so exciting. I I completely 100,000% agree that, you know, we, there's not much, well, I think we talked about this before where there wasn't a lot of Native voices out there. And that's how I found you because, you know, you were doing, you know, your anonymous Eskimo podcast and, that was part of the motivation for me to start my podcast because I was like, okay, if he can do it, I can do it, even though I'm bootstrapping it a little bit. But anyway, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for being here. And as I stated previously, you are the host of the Anonymous Eskimo Recovery Podcast. I've listened to a lot of different episodes on there. And, you know, like you said, I'm always left even a little bit emotional, but also, you know, learning from different people that you interview, like that there's so much strength and resilience in our people. And that's what I love about your podcast. Can you tell me a little bit more about your podcast and, you know, why you started it, how you started it, just the whole journey? Yeah, definitely. So when I decided to start this podcast, it was for a selfish reason for myself, you know, cause I am in recovery and I've been in recovery like in and out throughout the years of my life, basically just, I've always had this problem with alcohol. And so I would want, I've always wanted to quit drinking and try to live a better life, but I always fell back into that lifestyle again, drinking alcohol trying to get better again, stopping alcohol, and then for a little bit, and then just, you know, it was like a revolving door for me. This last time I went to the Ernie Turner Treatment Center in Alaska here, and it's at Eklutna out there in the wilderness. And this last time, there was something different. I did it for myself. I've been trying different things that would, you know, that I would, that I thought would help me achieve my goal of living a better life. I've opened up to the clinician for the first time 
this last time I decided, hey, what can I do to hold myself accountable? And I thought of the podcast. Um, at, at first, I was thinking a book, but then, you know, I, I thought that was way out, unreachable at that point. But I thought, why not a podcast? You know, because I was introduced to podcasts not too long before I went into treatment. And I Googled, you know, recovery podcast, Alaska Native recovery podcast, you know, all the words, indigenous, Yupik, just everything native. And all I found were indigenous people that were featured on episodes. There was not like a one podcast that was kind of had a spotlight on indigenous people. So I decided why not? I could do it. That time I was freshly out of treatment and I was going to think that that would hold me accountable to my, my goal of living a better sober life. My fiance, April, she was totally so supportive with me on this journey of starting this podcast because I was like, at first I was like, uh, I don't know if I could do this. I don't know if I put myself out there at first or, you know, how am I going to do this? There's just so many different things that I was thinking not to do the podcast, but she said, you should do it. Just do it. You know, just try do one episode. <laughs> And so I can completely relate. Yeah, and so I I did the trailer first and it was on my my iPhone. I did it off a of GarageBand through my iPhone and I edited it in GarageBand <clears throat> and I just researched everything I could think of YouTube <laughs> on uh, Google, you know, just everything about how to start a podcast and just what what to what I could use to start a podcast, you know, different things. And I just went for it and I recorded the trailer and I thought it sounded good. First official episode was I told my story because the the way I was thinking of doing the episode or the podcast was, you know, interviewing people to share their story and trying to show that other people who are going through the same struggles of either alcohol or, you know, drug use can find out and learn that they're not alone. You know, there's a lot of people that have overcome either drinking or drug use to live better lives. So I thought, Absolutely. you know, yeah, I thought, how could I ask these people to be on my podcast if I, if I don't share my story? So the first episode was, you know, my story and I did it on my iPhone in the closet <laughs> with a cl the quietest place in the house. And after that first one, I, I put it out there and my fiance April was like, you know what? I think you need something better than your phone. So she, she helped me invest in, in the Rodecaster Pro, which is just amazing. That's what I use today. <laughs> it's been a learning process, but I've gotten so many, so many messages and texts and just people saying how how I'm you know helping them or sending them hope because of this podcast and at first it was all because I wanted to hold myself accountable it was so selfish but it's evolved into this thing where you know people just learn that they're not living an isolation isolated 
existence of struggling with, you know, what, whatever they're struggling with. And it's, and this podcast is kind of, yeah. And this podcast is kind of evolving, you know, I'm the title has recovery in it and I'm starting to feature, you know, mental health people on there talking about suicide. All of these issues need to be brought out. And and it's all related. Yeah. mm -hmm, Just, Exactly. It's all it's all related to each other. One of the things, Ralph, that I like when I was you know doing some research on you, and you had talked about on your website of you know kind of ending the stigma of you know the the term the drunk native. That stuck out to me because there's such a stigma associated with native people and alcoholism, like, you know, Oh, he's just a drunk or, you know, Oh, you know, they, it's just how it, how it's always been. I can say that, you know, it's similar here in Greenland, you know, between, um, you know, Danish people looking down on Greenlanders and, you know, the, the alcoholism issue, you know, it makes me sad, but it also think of, you know, we need more people like you to elevate the voices that, you know, it's not a stigma, you know, we are in recovery and, you know, we need your help. Yeah. So I really appreciate shedding light on that, if you will, because, you know, it negative aspects that come with, you know, alcoholism and trying to recover, that's a stigma that has to go away. And I think you have a very big part in changing that somewhat. So, I mean, it's not going to be overnight, of course, but I really appreciate that about your podcast and everything that you're doing. Yeah, well, thank you. And that's such a huge, important thing to bring up is because we still live in this world that views us like that, you know, and yeah. what, what what pops into my head first was I remember seeing this old picture of, of a like a bar or a store in Anchorage downtown, like on Fourth Avenue, whatever. And it had a sign on the door and it said, no dogs or natives allowed. And when I first saw that, I was like blown away, you know, like that actually happened here in, you know, Alaska. Alaska is native land, you know, and absolutely. And they, <laughs> we have people that came in here and, and I mean, it, it happens everywhere. But when I, when I found out that picture was right here in Anchorage, I was just like, that happened here. <laughs> <laughs> and right? it just blew me away. But you're absolutely right about the stigma. Unfortunately, I think the stigma will never go away, but we could start chipping away at it and informing people about how all of that stigma, the way people look at Native people, how they used to be viewed as being drunks, dirty, mm-hmm. stupid, you know, Ignorant, yes. I fed into that in my, like, my younger high school, junior high years, you know. I was, like, ashamed to be Native. It took me being in this band called Medicine Dream with Paul Pike to, you know, really embrace my culture. Because even at that time, I was still feeding into that stigma. I was a, I was a part of it, too. That's what was in my mind, because that's what put into my mind, you know, by just everybody around me. And unfortunately, a lot of people only see that if you go down to like Midtown or downtown. Unfortunately, 
the most visual site of houselessness is Native people here in Anchorage. If we can educate people, inform people that, you know, we are so rich in our culture, we are proud, and, you know, we can break out of this stigma that people visualize us in, you know, because even the visualization is it hurts Native people, you know. So if other Native people can see or hear people that have went through it like me, you know, struggled through the uh, alcohol abuse or the drug use and have come out of it to be these people that people, uh, you know, look up to or just even say, hey, look, they're living a better life, then we're doing something good, you know. A hundred percent agree. Yes, that's amazing. You just made me think of something as we were talking about. I remember I had this uh, when I was a young, angry native. I had this um, conversation with someone and he was, because I introduced myself as, you know, I'm Degaton Athabaskan, originally from rural Alaska. And he looked at me perplexed and said, you know, with his head kind of cocked to the side, he was like, oh, you're, you're native and you're, you're not a drunk? Like it was shocking to him that I wasn't. And, and I was so defensive at that time. I just, I kind of um, yelled at him and, you know, told him where to stick it. But um, <laughs> later on, as I ran into that same person, you know, we, we had a discussion about that and apologized for my behavior because that's, you know, not who I am. But second of all, you know, I thought it was an opportunity, again, like you, to educate and say this, that, you know, we are beautiful Native people. And yes, we have people that have issues. Yes, we have people that struggle. And yes, it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a history that stems from, you know, colonization. So that is why we're here. And that, but, you know, you can help take lessen that and, you know, share our culture and be part of it, but also you know, not call us mean things, make it worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That has, yeah, that, that negative connotation is something that unfortunately may not go away, but, you know, like you said, you know, we can work on it and we can have hope for the future. Yeah, definitely. And now, nowadays, it's really exciting because we have all these media you know, people, content creators, and even on TV, like with reservation dogs, it's just amazing. Oh, and Kwana, um, the model, she's she's on what was it? Uh, she went to the gala and and was on yes, the front cover of mm-hmm, on the front cover of. Um, I'm interviewing her mom actually soon. Oh, so, yes, so awesome! See, <laughs> if, if we could build all these connections with other indigenous people, we could bring it even more to the forefront, you know, and it's amazing how, you know, people are starting to open up and actually see, actually see us because we deserve space in this world. I mean, we were here at the beginning. Yeah. We were here first. Yeah. And that, and you know, what's (laughs) funny is every time I interview somebody, there's something I learn. Like I interviewed Nina Kay from New Zealand, and she said something that I didn't even think of is like, our ancestors did not have any alcohol. I mean, probably the strongest thing was fermented berries or whatever. They would not want us to be living this lifestyle of, you know, drinking alcohol and 
putting that first, the most important thing, like I did before, my alcohol, you know, it got to the point where I, I kept thinking about it and thinking, how am I going to get to get the next one? And that's the disease mm, that yeah. that I went through, you know. And she was absolutely right. Our ancestors never had alcohol, you know, and they lived all of their lives, generations and generations in this harsh climate and were able to live, you know, because I it blows my mind how, dang, they didn't have heat or, you know, running water and stuff like that. All the amenities that we have nowadays, it just blows my mind, you know? Absolutely. I, I think about that too, just in terms of how tough and resilient Greenlanders are. The weather here can be super, super harsh. And, you know, I'm Alaskan. So for me to say that, you know, sometimes it's how did they manage? But, you know, they were resilient. Yeah. I mean, yep. there's, there's just no other way I can say it. Yeah. And I was down in Vegas uh, not too long ago and we went to the Grand Canyon. They had uh, out on the Indian re- reservation, they had the Skywalk Bridge. And oh my God, it was so hot. I was thinking to myself, <laughs> how did people live in this heat? You know, how did the, the indigenous native people out there that, you know, they thrived out there, even though they were brought there to the to that area, placed there, they still managed to thrive out there and live and live off of the land and everything in that crazy heat. I was just thinking, man, our people, indigenous people are so strong and, you know, resilient, like you said, to be able to live in that in extreme climate. Absolutely. Oh, Ralph, let's see. So, so what was the biggest surprise or maybe the, the best part of sobriety you weren't expecting? Man, I, I never experienced people contacting me, you know, asking me to do stuff like you. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I just got contacted again to to be on a different podcast. I've already been on three other podcasts. Just oh, different that's amazing route. Yeah, just different things popping up like today, uh for the state fair. I'm gonna be an MC for the gathering place. That's so crazy to me. Like, how did this life end up like this, you know, just by doing this pod, <laughs> just one little podcast, which was for me, <laughs> you know, at right? first, just being able to use my voice and being able to show how proud I am of my culture and, you know, the native people all together. It's just amazing that I'm able to have these opportunities to do that through, you know, either podcasts or you know, I I was on a commercial. I mean, it's just crazy. I'm I'm seeing the more people that can create content and put it out there, they have all the opportunities as well. You know, they can do that as well. And absolutely, the more you know, the more indigenous people that we have on there, even TikTok. I mean, there's people that have like a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. It's just crazy. And yeah, it it is crazy. You are that content creator. And, you know, the brilliant thing is, is you're, you are creating that space. So by creating more spaces, you are sending that message to other Indigenous people like, hey, he's doing something interesting. I wonder if I could do that. That is amazing. 
The funny thing is with my podcast, it's super easy because I have other people tell their stories, you know, with your podcast, you, you have to come, come up with like different topics and everything. And my podcast is in that niche kind of thing where it's like recovery and mental health with your podcast, you could do anything, you know, that blows my mind. I'd be like, Oh man, what am I doing next? How do I decide? It just comes out of interest. I am interested in telling other amazing indigenous people like you, your stories. But I'm also interested in personal finance and marketing and business and everything. Mm -hmm. And these are things that, you know, I love to talk about. We love to talk about it. Why not? Yeah. Why (laughs) not get our voices out there? Get our voices heard. (laughs) Absolutely. So one of the things besides your podcast is you play bass in a band. What's the band and how did you get involved in playing? Oh man, music is music is my passion. I've played music since, you know, I was in band in the fourth grade, you know, at school. But the band I am currently in is called the Glacier Blues Band. And I started it with my good friend Delon Chavez, who we grew up together in Bethel. I always knew he sang. I saw him at a karaoke contest uh, in Bethel at the Shogun restaurant. <laughs> and he won like first place. He sang Elvis. I, I just remembered he sounds like Elvis. Seriously. <laughs> he got like his vocal cords or something. His wife, Dendra, did our oldest senior picture. She's a photographer. So while she was doing his pictures, I was out I asked, how's how's Delon doing? And she said, oh, he's doing good. You should call him. And I was like, man, thinking, wouldn't it be awesome to do an Elvis tribute band? Because <laughs> he sounds like <laughs> Elvis and he's a really good singer. So I called him up and I said, hey, we should do like an Elvis tribute band. And he was like, oh, OK, we could try. And that we got together with just me and my guitar and him. And then we played a couple songs, learned a couple songs trying to find some good musicians and, and, you know, we were able to find musicians and start this band up. And this was, you know, right before the pandemic hit that I gave him a call. So this whole time in the pandemic, that's what we were, you know, trying to find different players and stuff like that. So this summer has been really active for us. People have been noticing us like on Facebook. Yeah. I've seen you on social media. You're, you're playing a lot, a lot of gigs. It, it's funny because we've been getting a lot of calls to play place. Uh, yeah, that's a fun little project that I have with Delon and the rest of the guys in Glacier Blues Band. But even before that, I was in a band. My high school band was called the Funky Eskimos. And uh, it was a <laughs> high school awesome. band with Ke- Kevin Morgan, Chris Morgan, and Don Reardon, who is the author. You know, he wrote Raven's Gift. We put out an album, and I believe it was the first... Yupik rock group to put on an album in the YK Delta. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but we we released our own album called Stealing Our Souls. Uh, we recorded it in Fairbanks. We put it all on Don Reardon's uh, credit card, the recording and the pressing of the <laughs> CDs and everything. And a fun, another funny story about that is we sent out the CD to like all the radio stations in Alaska and somehow uh, KNBA had it. There was a DJ. His name was Paul Pike that was DJing at KNBA at the time. 
And I guess he needed a bass player. So he called the phone number on the back, which was Kevin and Chris's dad's phone number, and asked for me. And this was in Bethel. Paul was in Anchorage. And so he gave me a call. I guess they gave him my number. And he called me up and he was like, hey, I have this band called Medicine Dream. We released an album already, um, but we're in need of a, a bass player. And he really wanted to have like an indigenous native bass player. I, I could try out or whatever. And so I flew into Anchorage and, and had a tryout. He asked me to be in a band with Medicine Dream. Uh, I recorded on two other albums with them. We were based out of Anchorage. It was an intertribal band with different members that were different tribes of Alaska. Yeah, I, I think I have one of their CDs. Yeah, and they we had a record deal with Canyon Records out of Arizona. And, you know, we played the Native American Music Awards a couple times, once in New Mexico and once in Florida. And we won a NAMI for Best Video of the Year. I've... But, you know, that during that whole time, they were a sober band. And I always, oh, nice. I always wanted to be sober, you know, but I had this, <laughs> I had this thing that I couldn't, couldn't keep it going. You know, I was like, uh, it, just like I said, it was like a revolving door. But every time I played with them, I was, you know, sober, mm. just not continuously, you know, and I always had that shame or guilt when I was with them. That, oh man, I'm not totally sober, you know. Of course, there's other members that weren't to totally sober either. But uh, whenever we played, we were sober. And wow, that's at great. sober sober events. The band I'm in right now, we do play at bars. We play at weddings that serve alcohol and everything. But I'm comfortable in my sobriety now. And I was talking about this with... Um, actually, Nina Kay, I was like, I feel so guilty about being the host of this recovery podcast, playing in a band that plays in bars and, and weddings and functions that serve alcohol. And she was like, you should not feel guilty at all. You know, post whatever, advertise for your band because people who are sober need to be in those type of environments. To show other people, you know, if they're curious about being sober, they can ask you questions, you know, or you can mm -hmm. you, you can encourage them even if you want to. Of course, I'm not going to be out there slapping the drink out of somebody's hand saying, hey, that's bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I uh, you know, no. but music but you're, is you're... my passion, you know, so absolutely. so. And you're sending a different message by being there, you know, you know, yes, people are curious. Yes, you know, you are sober, but also it's you're sending a message that, you know, I, I've worked really hard to be at this place and time in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm having so, fun doing it. You could have fun too, sober, you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. And of course, wow. there's that little part that shows me that what I don't want to be anymore. <laughs> Yeah, when people that get too. get kind of crazy, you know. <laughs> uh, but that's uh, so, my music part of it. Yeah. <laughs> wow, you are busy. So, Ralph, what have you learned from podcasting for the past few years now? Man, when I first started podcasting, 
I was so critical about myself. I wanted to make sure every little thing was edited correctly and time this and time that, you know, and, right. and, you know, make sure I try to get episode out at the right moment, right part of the day, you know, weekly or whatever. When I, when I'm doing it constantly, I'm doing it on my off time, you know, mostly on the weekends. And I let people know that when I interview people, I try to do it on the weekends if I can, but I'm not so critical anymore. I will sit there and listen to an interview that I did. Now my edits are minimal. You know, I will take out a lot of, if somebody's saying, um, you know, a lot, I'll take those out if I can. But a lot of times it sounds more natural if you leave more in that you can, you know, or if there's I'm like a background. Like, I am only in what, maybe 10th episode and I'm already there. I'm like, oh, screw it. It's, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, screw it, man. I, <laughs> take me take me half the time to edit something now. <laughs> and, you know, life happens. So I can't keep my schedule up on like weekly things. And I'm okay. I know people, I know my listeners are going to be listening anyway. If, if even if I take more than a week to put it out, you know, like I went, I went dip netting for a weekend. And so I took a week off, you know, to do some subsistence and it, it just, it, it keeps going. I have a lot of interviews and I'll keep putting it out. I'm just not on a, like a direct schedule. Like I used to think I have to do, you know, okay, I'm going to put it Absolutely. out at, yeah, at you 12 p.m. On this day, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And, and it, give it, yourself grace too, you know, if you're not feeling well, then put some self-care into yourself. Listen to your body, you know? Mm-hmm. That is so true. As we wrap up here, I usually, I'm starting a new thing where I'm going to ask you three questions really fast and you just answer, you know, comes the top of your head. Okay. First question. What is something that people get wrong about you? That I am this crazy drunk guy <laughs> that I used to be <laughs> because I was, you know, I was pretty crazy and I'm, I like to be funny, you know, but I have this serious side about me where I do contemplate things and I do take into consideration people's feelings and everything. I never did when I was drinking, of course, because all your judgment goes out the window. Right. So there is a serious side to me and I'm not always funny and joking all the time. <laughs> a lot of times right. I am though, because that's, that's just who I am. I'm, I like to be humorous, you know, but and that's part of our culture. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think I used to use it as like a deflection, you know, if I felt uncomfortable, I would. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And that, I mean, a lot of people do that, but it's, I mean, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do it a lot, but there is a serious side to me too. <laughs> oh, great. Okay. Now question number two, what is your favorite meal? Oh man, that's a, that's a hard one because I am such a foodie. <laughs> so am I. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> uh, I mean, for example, for me, I I can't pick just one thing, so I I usually just have a go-to of pasta because pasta is my evil downfall. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know what? 
I'm I'm gonna have to say either crab legs or I'm going I'm going expensive, man. Crab legs <laughs> or prime rib. But oh. man, you can't you can't forget about a good burger, you know, a good burger, greasy just packed mm, to the rim artery burger. breaking burger <laughs> <laughs> of course i just had kim pop for for breakfast so <laughs> i love my korean food because you know my fiance is just half korean so we eat a lot mm. of korean food i'm gonna have to say crab legs <laughs> okay that's a good one okay <laughs> okay last question let's say you're in a room full of young people what message would you want to share with our youth? Just go for it because all people could say is no. My, my daughter, she's filling out all these scholarship applications. She's like saying, oh, should I even try to do this one? Maybe they, I don't think I'll get this one. All they could say is no, just do it. You know, just put right. the effort into something. If you're scared of doing something, then you're holding yourself back. Absolutely. You know? and- <laughs> if anything, you know, you can just tell your daughter that sometimes when you just go for it, it happens. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what it is, it could be applied to anything, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So I, I mean, used I to live be in a different country. <laughs> yeah. I used to be so afraid and that's what, you know, held me back a lot of times. I used to be so afraid just like her, you know? Yeah. So she'll find a way though. Oh, she, she's, she's, she's awesome. She's so outgoing, but you know, and you know, during that time it was just scholarship stuff, but uh, yep. It could be applied anywhere. Yes. Well, Ralph, I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. I really, really love what you're doing with your anonymous Eskimo podcast. And I wish you all the best in life, in love with your family. And thank you so much for being on my podcast. I really appreciate you. Man, Jen, thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. And, man, your podcast, I know it's going to freaking blow up because you have such good content on there. And did your husband do the the, uh, music to it? Oh, dear God, no. Oh, you didn't ask. (laughs) No, actually, it's it's a funny thing you say that because I've been asking him to help me with it. And he is so I call him the yes man just because he's so incredibly busy with everything. And it came down to me using different um, cuts of music that I liked. And then he got offended because I was using, you know, music he didn't make. So it was kind of a conundrum, but it's, it's funny because we keep on telling each other that, okay, we're going to make, you know, native Jen's signature, you know, intro outro Uh for the podcast. And we're still talking about it. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm sure it'll be awesome when you do it. It's fun because that that's the creative part of it. But yeah, thank you so, so much. And I i wish you the best. I know your podcast is going to do awesome. So oh, thank, thank you, you so much. All right. Well, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you again. And I wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Native Gen Podcast. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time. If you love the Native Gen Podcast, please subscribe and let me know what you think of this episode. Let me know what you think of the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Take care and remember, 
stay native.